We used to be good friends, but that's all come to an end. Hi, my listeners. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome back to another episode of We Were the Best of Friends Until We Weren't. This is Gabby Scott, and first just want to say what an amazing response I received in the last episode discussing interracial friendships uh, with a discussion group. It's been great to see you all texting me, messaging me, talking to me about how you know certain people are playing it for their families, people have sent it to their friends, people have used it kind of as a opener for real and deep conversations. So I'm really happy you all have been able to use it. Just don't stop there. Hopefully this is now, like I said, just a foundation of the conversations that you all can have within your friendships, your relationships, family members, coworkers, everything. Continue to have the conversation because you know, the protesting, everything, it hasn't, it's not done yet. You know, just because it's not just about George Floyd, that's not the only case. It's about a whole systemic and societal problem. And so please keep having those conversations and keep fostering healthy interracial friendships and of course just friendships in general. So let's get into the next episode. I think will be very beneficial as it covers a scenario that we have all experienced or will experience. And that's friendships that start or cross over into the workplace. Having a close friend at work can be amazing as you share the same experiences, can vent to each other, and grind out those long hours. But it can also create hazy boundaries for professionalism. When is it the time to be a best friend? And when is it the time to be a coworker, boss, etc.? So our guest today is Lucy, and she will share a story that kind of deals with this difficult gray area. So Lucy, go ahead and give a hello to the people, and then you can jump right into telling us how you and Jane became close and what that friendship looked like. Hi, thanks so much for having me, oh, Gabby. Um, yeah, so I I had a close friend. Her name is Jane. And um, we actually met each other at work. Uh, she was a volunteer for my old job. And uh, she was fantastic as far as she came in and basically did someone's job and didn't want to get paid for it, Mm, Um, which is always really nice. Many times people would go to her and be like, you do such a good job, you know, Um, can we start paying you or give you something Something, for it, right? And she, yeah, so she had a husband that's a software developer and he made enough money that she said it wasn't worth the taxes to be paid for her job. Fair enough. So she'd drop her, yeah, she'd drop her son off at school and then she'd come into the office and help out for two or three hours processing different paperwork that we needed to get done. And then she'd be gone for the day. And, and honestly, it was like two to three days a week, maybe, but um, she's really funny. She has um, a really dry sense of humor mm-hmm. and what probably connected us as friends is that she does not have a filter. Okay. Um, And so she definitely had, um, you know, her free reign of Mm -hmm. what she liked to say to people. Um, And so we really kind of connected and started spending time together. We would go to races together, like we'd go run races together. She decided to take on fitness. And um, we actually even ran a whole half marathon together in Las Vegas. Good for you guys. Good for you too. Um, We used to travel to um, events for work and she would volunteer or she'd go as a fan and then she'd she'd spoil me and I'd spoiled her and we would, you know, go to events together. She was like my traveling partner, right? Yeah. 
we used to joke that like the only thing that would make it better is if sex was involved. Right. <laughs> so it's a great relationship. We were, yeah. Right. Cause we um, were both straight, but we were like, Oh man, this would be a great trip if we right. actually had that part. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we had tons of fun with all the different things that we did go shopping together, go to trips together. We had our kids. Um, we would hang out with our kids and our spouses together mm-hmm. and um, really like, I don't know, it was probably a good, four years at least oh, wow. we were so hanging out together okay inseparable really I mean she has a, a mountain house my family and I would go up there and we'd stay at the mountain house and go tubing and all that kind of stuff so um <clears throat> and then I would still see her at work on a pretty regular basis mm-hmm. so that was really like it was really nice to have someone that I you know, had spent that much time with and family involved. I mean, she brought me flowers when um, Mm. we had hard times and that kind of stuff. So she was super sweet. Um, There, there came a time and and I was pregnant with my daughter and I could probably attribute it to pregnancy hormones Mm -hmm. and things like that. But um, there came a time where she had said, or where, um, she had actually the whole no filter thing mm-hmm. had um offended a few people in my office mm. and um my supervisor actually came to me and was like this is not okay okay and i did actually stand up for her mm-hmm. I, I said you know hey you know i don't really think that it was appropriate what she said but she's a really big asset to to my team and i appreciate her being here and you know, if I have to, I'll talk to her about it, but, um, I really prefer like that we handle this. And my supervisor was like, um, no, you know, you really need to address this with her. You're close with her. You know her well enough that you can say something to her. Um, so we packed up and decided to go get some Chick-fil-A because baby was hungry. Right. So, (laughs) uh, on the car ride, you know, I kind of talked to her about it and was just like, look, you know, they talked to me, they told me that this wasn't appropriate. Mm-hmm. You told me that um, you were out of line and uh, that you really probably should apologize. Right. Um, and I even kind of called her out on one other instance where I had a, a team coach actually call me and say, who is this lady and who does she think she is? You know, she's mm. talking to me like this. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, well, that's really strange. You know, usually people don't have many problems with her, but I do know she, she tends to not hold back. Right. So I had mentioned that too in the car ride and just was like, look, you know, now this is the second time. And, you know, I talked to her like she was a part of my team, maybe as a supervisor or whatever. Right. So kind of switching to more professional manner rather than just you're my best friend. Like I'm speaking to you like this is business. Yeah, absolutely. So um, like the next day I came into the office and there was... So I actually, let me kind of back up a little bit. I tend to, you know this about me, but I tend to read my email in the morning Mm -hmm. (laughs) from home and uh, there was a big old email and it was all about the horrible things that I do as a person and she can't believe that I didn't stand up for her and that I took their side and that she can no longer work with someone that she doesn't respect. And (laughs) I've talked about all yeah she talked about all these things that were just you know personal flaws right Mm. and 
I learned a long time ago, especially in email, like lashing out is not productive. No, no. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of the time, if you just feel so emotional about something and you want to write them a letter or write them an email and then you send it and you feel better afterwards and then they come back and you don't always feel better. Right. Um, and so I've, I've learned that like, you need to let it sit, right? Let mm -hmm. it sit for a day, maybe never send it. Like it will make you feel better if you get it out on paper. Right. That, that old trick they used to tell you, that. right. It's like write the letter and then crumble it and throw it away and just, okay, you release your yeah. feelings without actually hurting the person that you have feeling towards. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually responded, like, I responded a, a really a lot and was just like, how dare you, and back and forth, and, and I didn't send it, actually. Mm -hmm. I, I let it sit. Okay. Um, I went into the office that day, and in the office, like, one of the things that she also did was she used to just, like, throw her money around. Like, she mm -hmm. bought you really expensive presents, mm -hmm. she took me to really expensive dinners, and so she she apparently had come into the office before I got there, which I was usually the first one there. Got there, had bought a whole like buffet of bagels and things like that for the staff, and taped a note to the door that was like, "Here you go, you know, this is my parting gift. I really liked working with all of you." And I was just like, "Wow, like that's just it. Like that's right. That's the end, right? Oh my gosh." Um, and. I I actually sat on that email and I, I read it a couple times and I finally sent her an email back and was just like, I guess I have a lot of things to work on and just sent it. That's all I said. Because <laughs> I was just like, I don't even know what to say to all of them. Right. To all the, the attacks. Attacks. Right? I was saying like literally jabs at you and as a person too, like you said. And probably things that only kind of she would know about your really close friends would know about who you are as a person too. And now using that against you. Yeah. And it was, you know, you're unprofessional and these are all the things that you do wrong. And I really was just like, Whoa, like it hurt. It was, yeah. it was really personal. Yeah. Um, and so we've, we've text maybe once emailed maybe once since then wow. it was one of those like rip the band-aid off like I mm -hmm. unfriended her on Facebook I didn't even want to see it anymore I was yeah. just like okay whatever and I think she even I, I guess the unfortunate part was that she was really involved in my sport beforehand mm. and um after that you know there was definitely a hole because we appreciated her as a volunteer right and a fan and a supporter but at the same time she was um you know, that was, that was her choice to move on, I guess, too. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, we have some mutual friends, but we don't really like communicate with each other anymore. Yeah. So like you said, it's almost like it was a hole in every aspect of your life. Sometimes you can go to work and it's like, okay, this friend isn't effective but because she was within your job and within your personal life. You literally just had this constant hole now in your life with her just, like you said, ripping that bandaid off. Yeah. I mean, I, I lost a really close friend and then at the same time, um, she she really filled a job in my office and mm -hmm. it it became probably a positive thing because I was able to actually hire a full-time person to take right. over where where she left off but you know budget implications and things like that it, mm -hmm. it made it harder um and so but definitely you know the mutual friends and now it's almost like well you can do something with Jane this night but Lucy's not invited you know right <laughs> like okay 
yeah the mutual friends are hard right so what made you obviously so I'm I'm not gonna assume so what made you not like just pick up the phone and be like why would you send this email like why wouldn't you at least just talk to me or anything like that like what just made you be like okay you said these things and that's it for both of us yeah and and I thought about that too and Mm -hmm. um I really had realized that the few months leading up to it were pretty toxic like it was she was really negative and she was just bringing me down I was I was having a hard time with dealing with all kinds of life things and then when it and when it came down to it I realized that it was actually probably better mm-hmm. if um we weren't friends anymore right kind of inevitable too working. right like eventually it was something was going to blow up anyways so you said the toxicity was building anyways yeah, and I I mean my personality, I'm not really big on like begging or going back mm-hmm. or even continuing the fight. I don't know, maybe I'm a quitter that way, but I tend to just kind of give up and be like, all right, well, then I need to go find something that I can do that's better. Mhm. Mhm. And like one of those things too um, that if it was meant to come back your way, it would have anyways, but when someone's taking jabs and she's like I'm not going to heal myself and then reach back out to someone who would even do that in the first place. Yeah. And, and the other part that I was really conscious of too, was that, you know, as far as my office went, I I felt like things were pretty fragile to begin with anyways. And if I continued on with that relationship and really kind of went back at it, but to be honest, like the, the true um, emotion behind the, the message of the like personal digs, Mm -hmm. I was just like, "Eh." I don't really even want to deal with you. I'm not going to apologize for this stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I did actually stand up for her. She never, she's probably never believed me that I did actually stand up for her. So you did tell her that um, you did have a chance to tell her, like I did stick up, like when you had the conversation in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I did tell her that. So she did know that. Wow. And she still didn't believe you. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. It was just one of those things where it was just like, I don't know if repairing this is going to help. Granted, Mm -hmm. it was probably only four years. You know, if it had been my lifelong friend, maybe I would have reached out to her and and fixed things. Mm -hmm. But it was one of those situations where it was just like, I think that I probably will be okay without her. Right, right. And that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. what do you think, because obviously a lot of this episode is kind of talking about friends in the workplace, because that's what a lot of people experience where sometimes the boundaries can be a little hazy of when to be the friend and when to be the coworker or boss. So when do you think it should be, you know, your friend, maybe over the job, or like you said, standing up for your friend and when sometimes, no, it's my job over what you're doing as my friend and who you are as my friend. Yeah, she, um, you know, she was kind of like the, like the anomaly, you know, Mm -hmm. where, she wasn't really a staff member, so I couldn't exactly discipline her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was really kind of what broke her back about our relationship was all of a sudden I had taken on this supervisor role with her right. and said, you can't do stuff like that. And mm-hmm. honestly, I thought I was being a candid friend where I was like, look, dude, you can't do this. Right, like, just being honest. You're going like... to get both of us in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I personally believe in having adult conversations with people and things don't get better with time. Right. So let's just talk about it and let's deal with it. Right. And, and save both of our butts you know, too in a situation. 
Right. And honestly, as I think about it a little more, part of the reason why I really didn't ever go back was I was like, this is how you're going to react about this. Like I told you that I stood up for you mm-hmm. and you don't believe me. And now you've told me you don't respect me, which is hurtful right, very in addition day. to all the other things mm-hmm. that you called out on me. So, I mean, honestly, I really struggled at the very beginning in this role with the transition to supervisor because I had people that were my friends and they were close in my age and I really mm. wanted to spend time with them out of my outside of my office. And it became a problem. Like at some points I had to, my, my supervisor had to be like, you can't be their friend. You have to mm. be their boss. Right. Um, and, and I really struggled with that. And, and probably even to the end, I mean, my office was very social and I'd be sitting in my office and guys would walk by with like a six pack of beer and they'd be having office beers that they didn't even invite me to. Like they yeah. walked past my office to not even invite me to. Right. Um, but I always like to be included. So I always was just like, oh, I can't believe this. And I'm young enough in my mid-level management role that I wasn't really like an associate that, you know, the CEO wanted to hang out with. Or right. Any of that kind of stuff. Too. Like I'm still with you all too. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like the the middle person where I wasn't with the young group because I managed most of them. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't with the older group because I was managed by most of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, it was a little lonely probably it's, too. It's always a hard balance. I've always struggled with being able to say like, I'm your boss and you need to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And then let's go hang out. Right. Right. <laughs> like This sounds <laughs> so, nice. I tried, what I really tried to do, and it was more for myself than I did for my staff, was I tried to do, like, fun stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. we would go um, rent the B-cycles downtown and stuff and and have a day out. We'd close the department for the day, and we'd go bowling or to boondocks or something Mm -hmm. like that. And um, and that was my way of, like, trying to have fun with them and relate to them but still be their boss because later on right. I'd have to be like you didn't do what you're supposed to be doing and now I have to fire you <laughs> so that was fun but goodbye right yeah it's fine yeah. that balance yeah that's so. definitely difficult because obviously I'm still young still having to deal with it and I feel like it's very interesting to hear from you because I was you know some of the goals that I have and you know this is just wanting to be up and eventually have like my own business and leading people and so you said it's hard because like you want to connect with them and have a personal relationship but at the same time it's like it can only go so deep because then we can't have these lines crossed and then you think you can do things because we're friends or you don't respect me to a certain you know level so that's that's a difficult balance that really is it's kind of lonely too like that was like it That's why she was a nice balance because when we would go on work trips, which was a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we would have like that friendship. Right. And, um, but it, it was still hard to differentiate between like, where's the work and where's the friend. Right. And one of the fantastic things about Jane was that she actually was willing to do the work without, you know, getting the perks of it. Mm -hmm. She just got, she had people to hang out with, you know? Right. So it worked kind of in all aspects for both of you until it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. besides, um, so besides what you said, as far as when you're feeling emotions, writing a letter and email and just sit on it, what other lessons would you say you learned from this friendship breakup with Jane? Um, 
I, I did take it as an opportunity to be really introspective and just be like, okay, so let's take a look at what she had to say. Mm-hmm. And is any of this true? And is mm-hmm. this something that I can work on? Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things that she pointed out to me was that it was pretty common for expletives to come screaming out of my office because I would be irate about something Mm. and I wasn't being very professional about it. And she was right. I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And I worked on it a lot. I I didn't perfect it. And, and I still struggle with that kind of stuff. (laughs) I'm I'm sure everyone does, Mm -hmm. but it was one of those moments where I had to be like, okay, well, obviously people are noticing So I need to take a step back and be more professional about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was important to me. I think the other thing about being introspective was taking an opportunity to be like, okay, so who actually are friendships that I value Mm -hmm. and that I want to keep around? Um, And, and should I continue to, you know, put emotional investment into those relationships that aren't? Right. Um, and I've actually even gone through like cycles with some friends where I've been like, mm, I can't emotionally invest, invest in you right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they've come back around, like they've actually decided, well, you know, as, when, in times that I've struggled, they've been like, okay, well, I'm going to invest in you now, Lucy, and help, help you where you need it. And then I have to decide, do I want to continue on with that relationship? Um, and in most cases, yeah, you know, great. If you're going to help me out, I, I appreciate it. And mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, be loyal to that. Um, and so it was really important to me to kind of learn how to be introspective mm-hmm. and take from th- that message, like, okay, so what actually do I learn from this? Right. And what is true in this? Right. So then if you yeah. think, so, and those are great lessons learned. So it's off the one they said me more introspective, like, if the roles, let's say, were reversed, like you were doing unprofessional things, whatever, and she came to you. So do you think that you would have taken it kind of as her just kind of checking you and been like, okay, so what about this is true? Or do you think maybe you would have responded kind of upset about it too, that she was even talking to you? How do you think you would have responded kind of in her shoes? So I think that's part of what makes us different. And honestly, mm-hmm. you know, even going back to the lessons that I learned, one of those lessons was that um, my message was not effectively delivered mm-hmm. in that um, I was trying to be a, a friend telling a friend, you're overdoing it. Mm-hmm. And instead it came across as boss telling an employee that this isn't okay yeah and she didn't appreciate the way that I did it Mm -hmm. um and and so I do think that I took that lesson to be like okay so how can I effectively get this message across but to be really honest what I probably learned the most was that it's almost impossible to have friends in your office yeah yeah (laughs) Um, because it does like it's so hard to be able to tell the difference between Mm -hmm hey dude like I'm actually just trying to be a friend telling you to cut it out right and to not take it personally Mm -hmm. yeah and you don't have to quit your job just because of this right Right. quit our friendship just Mm -hmm. because of this but because we are such different people like I probably would have taken the message just the same way that she gave it to me Mm -hmm. and that and the same way that I took it was okay so how like how can I improve on this rather than her approach was, I'm out. 
variation. You know, and and I would say that I probably had a similar approach to our friendship, mm-hmm. but um, that was that was definitely after some time of thinking about it, mm-hmm. just being like, I I just don't see it being a benefit anymore. Right. Right. So. That's very interesting. So did that also, like you said, made you evaluate your friendships also, the ones that you still had? Did it also make you kind of appreciate maybe the friendships that you've had for lifelong or people who've proven that they have your back, they don't, you are able to communicate with them comfortably without having to kind of walk on eggshells or anything. So did it make you appreciate your other friendships a little bit more having dealt with that situation? Yeah. And I, I mean, we were so close that I had even taken her on, you know, events with, with my own friends. Mm -hmm. And even afterwards, those friends were just like, she was bad news. Yeah. And, you know, of course you get that when you break up, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Then all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, we didn't even like like her anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which, you know, is supportive of my friends Mm -hmm. and, and I appreciate that part. And honestly, it might have been very telling if like, so let's say maybe a different scenario was my friends were close with her and this happened and my friends went with her. Like, right. And picked a side. And mm-hmm. I'd have to really, yeah, take a look at it and be like, well, what did I do that would make my friends that I'm close with decide evenly they wanted to be yeah. friends with her. Right. So yeah, it definitely made me uh, examine my, my friendships and figure out like what was actually important about it. Mm-hmm. And then, making sure that I was still nurturing those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Cause I know I've said that in other episodes where the friendship breakup I went through was kind of the same thing. She sent me a very nasty text message, just taking personal blows, saying things about me that even I knew weren't true that she was just making assumptions of because I was still in college. She wasn't So She really didn't have exactly a clue of what was going on day to day in my life. And sure. that was kind of the same thing was, taking it in and reading back the message even as hurtful as it was and seeing what things were true and it made me do the same thing you just said was go back to my other friends like hey is this something I'm actually doing also to you is this actually something that's a habit of mine that can be bothersome to some people so yeah it can help it hurts but I think being able to have the maturity to look at the message and try to reflect on it and make a change is a good and positive thing that can come out of it as well and I'm not the kind of person that really wants to beg people to be in my right. life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I agree. I definitely agree. <laughs> you've decided to cut that tie. Like there's obviously a compelling reason. And mm-hmm. if you want to come back, great. I mean, even relationships with guys in the past, I used to joke that like, they always come back. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hear you. I definitely do. <laughs> it usually was like, all right, well, if you don't want to talk to me right now, okay. It's I'm cool. Like, and then, a year later, they're like, hey, what are you doing? Right. And you're like, huh, like, what's up? Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's how it works, too, when you just have good energy and everything, too. And, like, we make mistakes, but we know who we are as people. And so if you don't want to be a part of that, that's okay. And if you do, hello, welcome. Nice to see you again. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I can take criticism, but I'm not going to change for a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I'm not going to let them change Big difference. Me. Right. Yeah. Then you're not being authentic and it's just not fair to yourself. Right. And trying to change for people. It's like, okay, if you change for one person, you change for another person. Like you said, you start losing who you are at your core too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I love that. Any yeah. last gems or any last things to add to your story? <sighs> I love what you said so far. I think it's going to be really 
helpful for people. Cause I know a lot of people, at least in my age, a lot of us have just entered the workforce or going to start being in, have been in a little bit longer. So I think what you said of kind of will prepare people for these kind of friendships in the workplace. Well, and probably something that you could, could explore further with other people because I haven't quite mastered this yet Mm -hmm. is, you know, working with friends that are your friends before then, um, Mm -hmm. you know, even hiring friends and that kind of stuff that like, I've never been able to even be comfortable enough to do that. And what was really eye-opening to me about it is when I was in a situation where I didn't have work and I really was like, anyone is in my network, I'm going to reach out to anyone. Mm -hmm. It was pretty shocking to me how many of my actual close friends are really supportive about what I do professionally and who I am professionally Mm -hmm. enough to help me with that. Okay. Um, And what was eye-opening about it was that I actually had the similar stance on it mm-hmm. when I was in the professional world and it was difficult for me to be like, Hey, yeah, friend that doesn't have a job. I, I have an opening. You can come work for me. Right. Um, I really shied away from that because I was really nervous about the whole working with friends thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely has its, its pros and cons. It's another thing that has a very fine line to where it could be the best benefit because you can work well together and you're trying to help someone out because you believe in them. But it's also like, I'm putting my name in my job on the line as well and possibly mm-hmm. going to create something that could affect not only my job, but now our friendship that I value. Yeah. 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 So that would be my other gem for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, consider I'll, that, Gabby. <laughs> I will. I will have to consider all of these things. And I, like I said, I think the listeners will really appreciate this both those who are in the workforce now are just getting into it have will be in in a few years we'll see when this all this corona stuff happens when people can actually get a job normally but um yeah. i appreciate everything that you have said and for coming on here i hope you listeners take some of the things that lucy has told us and bring it into your lives and just know that work friends are special friends but they require a certain balance and level of professionalism as well so and just so you all know now uh, next episode will actually be our final episode for this season, not the series. I promise we're not going away all the way. Um, so we have a lot of dope things coming your way, a lot of things I want to get together. And so I think this is kind of the perfect time to kind of have a break in between. And so as usual, if you all have stories you want to send, please continue to send them um, and continue to reach out to me through Instagram at GabScott13. But also if you all have ideas Obviously, a lot of people liked kind of the switch up of the discussion group talking about interracial friendships. If you all want to see more of that or even just something different, just more discussions or talking about a certain topic or things going on in the world, whichever. I already have some really dope ideas coming your way, uh, but definitely this will also be a time to brainstorm new ideas and, of course, keep the same dynamic of friendship breakups, but just making sure that you all are enjoying this and getting out as much as possible from this podcast so thank you all so much for listening to another episode episode nine of we were the best of friends until we weren't catch y'all later in the beginning we were inseparable to become one now a season's over absence is your troll